1: Hello and welcome to Midpoint. My guest today is a great British treasure, a professional ballroom dancer who's been a stalwart on Strictly Come Dancing for two decades now, having recently transitioned to judge. His time as a dancer on the show saw him partnered with many women in the Midpoint, so I imagine he's quite the expert. He's just published his sixth novel and regularly tours with his longtime partner, Erin Bogue. He's married to Hannah and has twins Henrietta and George, who are six, and have come a little bit later in life when he turned 50, so I'm pretty sure he'll have an interesting take on all of that. Our expert today is the fitness guru, Professor Greg White, the man who's taken many a celeb to the brink and back in their quest to raise money for comic and sport relief. Right, let's go chat to Anton. Thank you so much for coming on The Midpoint.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is a delight. I can't tell you. I don't remember we've ever done anything like this before. You and I, and I've, and we've known each other for s- so long since you did Strictly the show, two
1: thousand and seven. Is it as long as that? Two thousand eight. You haven't changed
2: a bit. <laughs> I like the way you can still get into the full split. It's remarkable.
1: <laughs> I haven't done it yet today. But I can if you want me to. What do you me mean? To. You answered the door in full box split. But this is nice. I, I know. I can't remember doing anything like no, this No, I had many lovely conversations with you. Oh, we spent a lot of time together. And I've uh, always admired you and uh, As I hold you. you in high esteem. Mm. And was delighted that you are in the midpoint of life so that I could have you on. Well, there's a presumption that we know where <laughs> the end is, of course. <laughs> that That is true. Does I... longevity run in your family? Uh,
2: yes, it does, actually. Mm? Yes, yeah, not bad we're quite fortunate in that regard Uh, actually thinking about that in a slightly serious moment Um, I'm just trying to think about it because both my parents are foreign and um, from when they were sort of growing up and from where they grew up, long life wasn't Mm. a a massive thing, you know, but yeah, they all live to good old ages. So, unless they got struck down by something unpleasant, but they uh, That's the Spanish side? Well, both sides, really. I'm just trying to think about the other side as did, well. Did
1: that um, involve, when you were growing up, did you have a Mediterranean approach to life with diet and kind of manana and naps in the afternoon?
2: <laughs> no, I've never been a napper. I can't do that. Once I go down, that's your lot. That's me done now until right. the following day. So, I don't bother. I can't. It makes me feel worse.
1: It make you feel worse. No, sometimes I, do you know what I've learned to do? Full face of makeup Mm. on my way in to do some work in London or something, like a big corporate Mm. event or something. I can, with hair, makeup, everything done, I can close my eyes for 20 minutes and have a good power nap in the back of a car. No, and
2: I'm also really nervous about the hair going funny if I was to nap (laughs) nap and I end up with peculiar hair. I mean, those I have never been able to do that. I'm glad, actually, because it feels like a waste of life.
1: We, uh, what sleeping?
2: Yeah, certainly in the day.
1: But yeah, but what if you just recharge your batteries and get yourself? I, on? I don't need them recharged. Right. I, 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 well, let's find out why you don't need them recharged. Well, what's I, going on in well, Anton de Beck's life that he's at fifty-six years old? Come on, we're never going <laughs> <laughs> to Just for clarity, because there will be clarity. Those, <laughs> who needs it? There'll be those listening that are going. I couldn't put an age on him. I wouldn't know how old he was no. because you've kind of thirty-five. You've a day. looked pretty much the same through your whole Strictly life for, mm. for 20 years. I had life before that as well. I mean, well, there was a life of professional ballroom. There was a yeah. life of being an ordinary worker in a, in a sales job. Having jobs. When I say ordinary worker that's not being disparaging to, you know. Control. You don't have to do that. But what I mean is there was, you know, there was a there was a more... <laughs> I'm, more... I'm sure people aren't disparaged by the fact you said ordinary workers. There are <laughs> one, lots One has to be so careful. Well, case. one does. But I don't think everybody takes a minute absolutely everything. Well, maybe they do. Um, so 20 years of being a nation's sweetheart, really, a treasure, a nation, a national treasure. Anton Aren't you Beke, beautiful. How that when you look back at that kind of build-up to that, because I think one of the things that in life now that I mm. worry about is the immediacy of things for young people. You know, instant kind of gratification, Instagram, social media, yeah. all that stuff. You know, you put in the hard yards mm. before you got. To that, and I know you're a massive fan of Bruce Forsyth and yeah. those old vaudeville kind of you know a variety type performers who basically put in the hours and hours yeah, yeah. and hours. Do you see that still being a, a possibility in the modern entertainment landscape? Even Anton Deck, you know, did those yeah, years yeah, and years yeah. and years, didn't they? On all their Briker Grove and other television. Well, programs.
2: it was that classic comment that I heard recently that the um AJ and his brother
1: Curtis, Curtis Pritchard.
2: Wanted to become the new ant. It was his classic statement. Wanted to become the new Anton Day, which is great as a as an ambition, but the the two boys haven't been a success overnight. This is twenty years in the making. I mean, that wonderful expression, overnight sensation, fifteen years in the making. Mm-hmm. And that is for me show business. You know, you you work on your craft, you work on your your skill as a performer, whether you're a dancer, a singer, whether you do both, whatever it is you do, but you have to work on your you have to work on your skill, you have to work on your craft. Because you're gonna go out in front of an audience and perform. And you're gonna go out in front of a my old teacher used to say to me, They've all played their fiver. Not a fiver anymore. They've all played their fiver. They want to be entertained. So you have to do you have to do the job mm-hmm. right. You can't go and it or kid them or any of that sort of stuff. You have to work at your trade. Same way as you would do if you were a professional sportsman. You know, mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. the rugby a moment ago. You know, these guys coming through, playing for it. But th- they didn't start playing last weekend. They've been mm-hmm. playing since schoolboys. So they've developed. And it's exactly the same with show business. Brucey. My great hero. Well, you know, he was the Mighty Atom. Mm. I mean, he was a boy style performing way. And then, even when he grew, he, he grew up and he got older, and he started performing as a as a solo, as a comedian. He had to do the windmill theatre. Those mm. he was second comedian, the mm. worst spot on the bill, mm. and he did sh- hundreds of shows, working mm. on his on his act, working mm. on his delivery, working on his uh, performance. And then, what happens is then you get Bruce Forsyth or mm-hmm. whomever. But mm-hmm. that doesn't happen overnight. And it is constant as well because you keep having to refine your act. Mm. Or, your, or or when I, when I say your act, I don't mean it as in this is one act. You have to keep working on a new act all the time. But you're refining your performance in the mm. way you are entertaining the audience. And it's, it's a skill that needs work enough.
1: and uh, maybe there's, there's a kind of double edged sword isn't there to having this democratisation of the media because yeah. you know I always say to young people who uh, get in touch with me about becoming a sports broadcaster mm-hmm. there are so many platforms now you yeah. can practice and you can do it but actually then you don't get to make mistakes or you feel you can't make mistakes because they're exposed in a way that in the beginning of my career I had you know two men and a dog watching when I was doing Sky Sports News mm. and first of all there yeah. wasn't social media for them to contact me and tell me I was terrible they'd have to write a letter and they couldn't <laughs> be bothered to do that <laughs> 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 well they'd have to drive by and throw something yeah. through the window <laughs> so so they didn't bother to tell me I was terrible so I was in blissful ignorance just every night oh practicing. I think there's
2: a lot of there's a lot of good that comes from that Listen, I don't, I, I'm not a great social media person. I'm too old, whatever. Say what you like. It wasn't around when I was younger. So you're just I, not into it
1: at all? No, no
2: I don't. I, I have Your it. people?
1: Your people I help have, you do
2: it? Yes, I do have people who help me do it, which sounds idiotic. And I apologise because I don't mean it like that in a sort of arrogant way. It's just, I can't remember to take a photo. My wife says to me, we went to Windsor Castle the weekend with the children. We went in and had a look around and brother blah, blah. It was lovely. I loved that. It took me back to when I was young. And my wife said, did you take any photos? And I went, no. I mean, it's not like I had to get a camera out and put a film in. I've got the phone. Click, done. No. So, I actually took some photos with other people. Henrietta and, and George will never know. They've been to Winston Castle. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> Hannah took some photos. But I'm useless. So, and that's, that's fine. So. You know, I have this wonderful thing that I don't, as far as I'm concerned, everybody thinks I'm amazing. I don't need to know the truth. (laughs) So I I live in that little sort of lovely world. But you are your biggest critic. But I am a big critic. And I have great, I used to have, uh, when I had lessons all the time, had great teachers and great coaches who would only ever tell me it was terrible. And this is how you're going to make it better. And I have people around me who I respect Mm. and seek counsel from. I get as much criticism as I mm-hmm. require from that. I work with great choreographers and great directors and stuff like that, and you know. And I'd ask you as well, being brilliant as you are, at what you do, what you thought of how I did if I was doing something even slightly comparable to what you were doing in whatever regard. But I'd I'd seek counsel from you because I trust your mm-hmm. opinion mm-hmm. and I admire you enormously. So that's where I get it from. I don't need to get it from. People you've People never met never before never on social met, media, really. Mm. I mean, that's fundamentally mm. what it is. Mm. Because now you're just going on. Because what happens is you say to one person, "Goes, I really like what you did there," and you go, oh, "Thank you very much." Somebody else goes, "I really hated it," and or worse to that effect, probably a bit more, <laughs> a bit
1: stronger, a bit stronger
2: than that. So which one do I go mm. with, mm. or do I go, okay, well they've cancelled each other out, so I take nothing from
1: that. Mm. You know, I, I need to. Be able to speak to Are you good at, I mean, I imagine being, it's a bit like being a sports person. I find sports people are very good at being critiqued. And actually a lot of the ex-sports people who become pundits Mm. and things, they really want that feedback because they're used to that. That's what we're
2: used to uh, mm. as a a performer. And Uh, dance is brutal, uh, isn't it? Dance is brutal. And, you know, you you go into an audition, for example, if you're talking about sort of theatre performance art, you'll go into an audition, let's say, for a show. You might be magnificent. And they want... I mean, I've done it myself. I've needed four dancers for my show. I'll have 400 people turn up. Mm-hmm. So I'll have two days of auditions. All I need is six, ten dancers. Yeah. And hard. so if somebody comes in, dance-making, and I say, thank you very much. No. Well, it's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Probably queued up for ages Yeah, as well. queued up for ages. They've come along. They've done their bit. They've done the choreography. They've sung their song. In front of a table of people, you walk out and you go, okay, what have you got for us? Oh, I've, I've got this... And then they sing the song, cold. Put a backing track on, or a pianist is there mm. coming out on the piano. They perform this song mm. for half a dozen people sat behind a table. Mm. It's brutal. Yeah. And then you go, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> well done. Have you got <laughs> anything you go. else? Oh, like a dagger. Have you got anything else? <laughs> yeah. Help me busway at home. <laughs> and then you know, or you do a competition if you're competitive, as we were when I was growing up and competing. You know, you you go somewhere around the world, you travel around the world, do a competition, you get, you know, you do the first round, you get cut out, you don't make a wrinkle. That's your lot. Thank you very much for Mm. coming. It's brutal. And I've always maintained competing is competing. It doesn't matter what platform or medium you do it through. And I'm a great sports fan and a great, I've played a lot of sport in my life, various teams, various levels, various sports. And I love it. But I happen to be, I happen to be a dancer, but a competitive dancer. Now competing is exactly the same. Mm. It's exactly the same. It's basically certainly if you're doing individual sports, so it was might be you and me against the world essentially, and we would we would have our own agenda. So mm. we would use our coaches that we would want to use. We'd practice as we'd want to use. And we'd we'd eat the way we'd. So we have all of those things that maybe a tennis player might have that would be unique to us. I've always maintained the first thing you've got to know is yourself. Mm. And then you can start to put into place a system that works for you. But you
1: have to know yourself. And in that process, I imagine, like a lot of successful sports people, mm. it's focusing on what you as dancers are doing, mm. not what everybody else is doing. Exactly the whole
2: time. that, and how you do. So, for example, when I used to uh, dance with Erin, I danced with Erin for twenty-five years, let's say. And so we danced, we competed for many years before Strictly came along. We still danced when we were after Strictly. Now, Erin is wonderful at getting up early and getting in the studio for 30, 8 o'clock in the morning to practice for mm. two hours. Let's go and have practice for two hours in the morning. I'd rather stab myself in the knee, quite <laughs> frankly, with a blunt spoon. I would like to go at 8 o'clock in the evening, thank you very much, if it's all right with you. Will you play golf during the day? <laughs> yeah, I might have had a little knock round of playing golf in the day, but I've, I couldn't do that. So... You, there's no point in me going and doing that because it was horrendous and we'd argue and all sorts of things. So you work it out for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But the, that's the key to success. Know yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, I play golf in pro and I watch the golf. I'm keen golfers, everyone knows. And it makes me sort of laugh that every golfer I watch on television plays golf like Nick Faldo and Tiger Woods. Nobody speaks to anyone. No one makes eye contact with anyone. No one. They all get grumpy. They, all do, they have the same mannerisms as Nick Faldo and Tiger Woods. Not one of them have the same mannerisms as Lee Trevino. Now, Lee Trevino was a great chatter, laughed with the crowd, all that sort of stuff. Won seven major championships. I've looked at most of these other... 98% of these other uh, professional golfers, they've won no major championships and they all think they want to be... Like Tiger Woods and Nick Faldo, a wonderful aspiration to have. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't fit you as a personality. Don't do what he does. Do what you do. Find out for yourself. Look at you. See how you chat to the galleries. Have a laugh with the galleries. Chat. You might play better golf. Just because Nick Faldo doesn't do it or Tiger Woods doesn't do it doesn't mean you don't have to do it.
1: Can you sit there and say that as a man who's kind of had the privilege of experience to get to, you know, I've, I've learned this through all these years or was this something that you actually came upon as a, as a philosophy and a theorem earlier in life? I realised pretty
2: soon, so we'll, we'll talk about time before strictly f- just for now because it was only about competition dancing. So uh, I realised straight away, but th- that didn't work for me because I, I wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't lock myself in my dressing room or wherever it was and just focus totally. I wasn't that guy. I needed to go and natter and chat and blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? How are you do? Wander around and, mm-hmm. and then get on the dance floor and give people a wink and all that sort of stuff while everyone's deadly serious and focused. and now, It's not that I'm not focused. Mm-hmm. I mean, you find few people more focused and determined than me. But that was how I performed and I liken it to golf because I see I see this sort of herd mentality. Everybody's mm. following the same road, yeah. and so few people are having success with it. They're they're not willing to try they're anything else. Spending a lot of
1: energy doing something, trying to do something that's against their nature, exactly. And actually, that energy could be used somewhere else.
2: Again, try other things, and if they don't work, try something else. Mm. But don't just stick at one thing because somebody else does it and then mm. somebody told you you must or a sports psychologist said this or t- 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 this fellow over here said that. Forget that for the time being. Find out about you. And then that other stuff, once you found that, the other stuff can support that and help you
1: to channel that more clearly and more successfully. And you have clearly been practicing what you preach there because the way you do things you know has yeah. has been you've stood out from the the crowd in terms of the professional dancers and you've stood out in terms of your eloquence and that's what's led you to be you know a judge if you if you weren't Yes, and also
2: role models. My role models are different to everybody else's role models. I mean, my role models are Brucey and Fred mm. Astaire, and uh, maybe because I'm a bit older. And also, it came to me a bit later. So, I was when Strictly Come Dancing started, I was already mid 30s. You knew yourself. I already knew myself. I'd had a long time competing as an amateur and a professional and traveling around the world, competing mm. at a high level, mostly losing, winning a little bit you know, as much as to keep you interested. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah. how competing is. You, nobody wins all the time. No. Nobody wins anything all the time. And that's important to understand. So, you know, I've I've done, I've been through all that. And, and I also came to it late. Mm. So I was sort of doubly determined and more neurotic about the whole thing because mm. I never danced and competed when I was a juvenile under 12s you know like my children mm. might start dancing now for example and come through are they going start dancing they're potentially yeah we were doing a salsa I in Starbucks too. two morning. of them
1: because they're the twin boy and girl Could, yeah. they can dance together they've got can a partner at home I mean it's the dream it's the dream. It's the <laughs> I dream. I tried. I had boy and girl, but they just didn't want to dance. To... They did. They used to dance together watching oh. Strictly. It was very cute. But um, I think he's quite. He'd be quite dangerous on the dance floor now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, certainly him, I'll give him the space. Henrietta and George. That would be. Oh, that would be, be lovely. Yeah. So sorry. Going back to what you're saying about them, because I'm interested in your in your child rearing habits as well. So are um, you? Yeah. So what's your philosophy with That's them? Soft touch is me. <laughs> are you? Are you the good cop?
2: Well, no, we're both pretty good at Hannah and I, but I am. I think I'm a bit of a soft touch. Is
1: that really. do you think because you're a little, little bit older? Yes, I think had... I
2: have to be honest with you. I think it, you know, all great good things come to those who wait. And I can't imagine having done this at an earlier age. Really? No, I think about me at an early age and I was an absolute lunatic. And in what way? Oh, just as I said before, but you've not been a drinker to or a big no, party, no, no, but it? just I was. Uh, Narcissist? <laughs> <laughs> Who have you been speaking to? I was. Were you more self-absorbed? Was I it? Completely self-absorbed because right. I was. I only wanted to be. I want uh, because I had a goal which mm. was to, to win and to be successful. I wanted to win this. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. The two. It wouldn't. I wouldn't have been very good at it mm. because you know I'd have been so determined on being successful as a as a dancer that I wouldn't have been able to be really give them. Yeah, be as successful as a father. Mm. And I. I, I I like to think I'm I'm good at being a father because I love it so much and they there has
1: it surprised you <laughs> so how wonderful. much you love it? Y- yes. And I, was there a moment where you thought it might not happen?
2: What, having children? Mm. Yes. It wasn't ever a big thing for me. So I, I think you sort of get the impression that I was sort of determined to become a great, great dancer. Great dancer. And that was my life's work. So anything else didn't sort of come into the picture. Mm. I, that was my the road I was on.
1: Because if I could just interject, mm, go ahead. Um, I think you met Hannah at the early part of the last decade, 12, are, So be, In April, we'll have been together for 11 years. Right, so 12, 2012. So that moment, obviously, that you've, you know, I can imagine you were determined, man, You probably this is the woman for me. Had there never been uh, before a point where you thought you would settle down with anybody? Because you must have been... There was a lot of women around you in what you do. Well, <laughs> uh, because, so you, did did you ever did you ever think this could work? But I'm not going to settle right now. I knew when I met
2: Hannah that she was the one. It's sort of that odd cliche, but it's, it's only cliche because it's a thing. And but you'd never had that before. No, never had that before. You and you also, I was it? still early into my sort of. What I call my second career, my sort of strictly life. It was still a, so I'm enjoying doing so you were that. Enjoying and, that, and also working on
1: that right.
2: very hard. Trying, right. you know, you know what it's like in the world. So going of telly, back to
1: the, what you said about yeah. like kids, actually, there probably wasn't space for that. Well,
2: person. also, but it's, it's the focus, isn't it? And and the sort of the generosity that you have to have of self. To do it well, I think.
1: That sounds so. No, because what I'm getting is that you want to do whatever you do really well. And that would include a relationship and being a father. Well, I think it's
2: really important because now you have to understand as well that I take this from a male perspective that
1: it's. That was a luxury.
2: Yes, Mm. because there is a a difference between men and women in that regard. This podcast doesn't need to explore that. Good. And. (laughs) I can show you. No. (laughs) And um, so it wasn't that I needed to do immediately. Mm. And so I didn't need to give any thought. But the only thought I did have about it was this, that if I were to have children, it would be with the person I'd want to spend the rest of my life with. And that was really, really important. So when I met Hannah, I realized that she was the one and I'd like to spend the rest of my life with her, please, if that's (laughs) right with you. And then there was the we had the conversation about having children, and then we had children. uh, We had to have IVF. Mm -hmm. Hannah has endometriosis, and she was unable to have children. Trying to make it (laughs) sort of short, so we went through it down the IVF route, and we had great fortune that that we had uh, one round of it, and we we got pregnant. Says the man.
1: Well, technically, you do have to contribute something. Yeah, I mean, seconds,
2: <laughs> I grant it. But, but compared
1: uh, to having gone through it, compared to the daily injections and everything yes, else, it's it's, it's, it's we, a trial. We a let woman.
2: me tell you this: we ain't having children. You're having children, and all I can do uh, going through it is just I have nothing but admiration, and I don't know I just bow to you as a female that you're able to do this. It is astonishing and wonderful. An incredible.
1: And do you think as a a man who... That we
2: would never have been able to do it?
1: (laughs) Do you think as a man who's a little bit older and able to just really appreciate that, that there was a perspective there that maybe you wouldn't have had in your 20s?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: I'd have been useless in my 20s.
2: I was fundamentally a useless person in my 20s. I was only determined on one thing. I had no money. All I had was determination an insanity towards being successful as a dancer so
1: has having children because often men are having children in the late mm. 20s early 30s and it motivates them to kind of want to build their empire to work hard, yes to now the, but i've so got has that it's so given it was, you another kind yes of it has, injection.
2: exactly that because yeah. it suddenly that expression is so weird and it? and it sounds so patronizing if you don't have children to hear this stuff all the time goes too quick etc uh, etc et and the other one is you feel like you're doing it for the children mm. where you go well I'm not doing this for me anymore i'm now doing this for the children for my family
1: yeah with people with that kids it must sound quite annoying. it's
2: sort of annoying really mm. and and but it does and, have a, a but a it's juice. a thing <laughs> again it's one of those it is actually a thing you do have this sort of you know i i'm not trying to make it exclusive or oh, aren't we clever it's not about that it's just it does give you a, a sort of a different perspective mm. on stuff and i lived a life of me for most of my life and now you live a life of us mm. And it is a, um, uh, it is a shift. It is
1: actually a genuine shift. Best so I your could. biggest midlife learning so far, it would mm. seem, is that this shift from it being all about you yeah. to looking. Kind of a lot wider, yeah, and not just the nuclear family, but presumably that's made you kind of taken a bit more that's going on around. And I'm not that you're an urbane man, but the world, if you like, because you Did think you I was a, a vain man. No, you're an urbane man. <laughs> let's not get that quote going. I'm going to use that as the clip. You're a vain man. You're a vain man. Um, <laughs> let's move on to vanity, actually, because I, don't, <laughs> I like the way I you've done your I does. don't think I don't <laughs> think it's a bad thing to to want to look good and to want Thank to um, and you always immaculate you know you're always so smart Thank and you. I just can't imagine you in in casuals do you, do you ever wear trainers to I, outside of the gym no, no.
2: unnecessary
1: <laughs> what's
2: the purpose of that a train like an actually a trainer as opposed to yes like a, like yeah, a casual like shoe kind of, yes like an worked. actual trainer yeah yeah, no,
1: no. So your sartorial elegance is mm. not under any kind of microscope or questioning. But your health, generally, when mm. since you've stopped dancing, because when you're doing Strictly, well, don't you're st- dancing all the time. Yes, aren't you? And it's yes, just yes. Moving, well, moving, for a moving. few weeks,
2: I um, I haven't stopped dancing, which is lucky. I, I go on, on tour and do my own shows, which right. are Song and dance shows. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm still doing that, and I couldn't not. I wouldn't know what to do. You'll never stop dancing. No, I don't think so. No.
1: I was making you a cup of tea before, and I popped out to tell Kenny you'd arrived. And when I came back in, you were doing some kind of shuffle on the kitchen floor, (laughs) um, doing some kind of steps. Tap dancing. uh, Tap dancing. Was it tap dancing? You had a lovely floor with a very nice sound. I wonder if this is good for tap dancing. It's a lovely sound. So is that all all you do then, exercise-wise, dancing or no? I I still gym and play sport, golf really, A bit of Mm. tennis. How often would you say every week you're moving? Of
2: mostly most days, most days, yeah, most days of some
1: sort. And a diet does that? Has that changed? Is yes. The...
2: Is you, well, it's always I've always been aware of diet, and you know, diet has been always. I don't drink, I don't smoke, don't that sort of mm. stuff. Never have. Although I've, I've sort of have a ponch on for a half a glass of red wine. Oh, so you do drink a bit? Yeah, it's not really. I can't drink any more than that because I I get a bit funny in the head. Right. I have no constitution for it. So So just a little bit. If I have as much red wine as that, I'd be a bit, I'd get a headache and I'd be a bit drunk.
1: He's pointing to a glass of water (laughs)
2: for those who aren't watching. So
1: half of that. Half a glass of water. And
2: apparently somebody said to me, the doctor said to me, it's good for the heart. Mm-hmm. No, this is not a medical
1: tip I think for anybody. It depends out where there. you read, isn't it? It depends what you read yeah, and exactly. where you read. I say doctor. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> Hannah, pouring it in the evening. <laughs> um, and so do you think about portion size and all those kinds portion of things? Portion size is important, mm-hmm. I think, as you get older. Again, like all these things,
2: nothing is for life. So everything, mm-hmm. is, everything shifts. So I don't know how you feel as a lady in these regards. I, I'm very aware of portion size. I'm very aware of time of eating as well. Mm-hmm. So don't eat too late. I've yeah, to things like that. The late eating thing, I think, mm. is is no good for anybody. I think you can finish eating. Early. Somebody said one, to me once, "You must start eating earlier and finish eating earlier."
1: What's fascinating
2: about it all, actually, the things that we knew
1: mm. don't stand. Some of the things don't stand the test of time. No,
2: so most of it back in the day that we all lived by Eat pasta n- is now nonsense. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So the thing is, is don't get wedded to anything. Mm. Know yourself. Yeah. Because in a year's time, they'll tell you something else. Something <laughs> Yeah. Apparently,
1: blueberries were going to be the the greatest <laughs> thing of all time, <laughs> really and people not. still died. <laughs> yes, funny that. But I think. I think one of the things that I try to instill in my kids is eating lots of different things yes yeah. and not exactly actually that. kind of having we're a lucky mono, with our children on children yeah that just eat, do I do. mean yeah I've, I've got two two very good eaters I mean they're 17 so they've gone beyond the age of being five, yeah you know then we were worth because I wouldn't tolerate it but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, no Sorry, you're eating. Why is that? Oh, you're going. Oh, you, you you're going hungry. <laughs> um, but I, having like so, not g- having the same breakfast every day, not having the same lunch every day. You know those things. I think as you get older, you get into patterns and ruts, and that, mm. that's quite important. This seems like a good time to just bring in for a wee while. No, no one- <laughs> it Justin, it's like a terrible time to bring anyone in. Are you mad? <laughs> Taking the attention time. away from you, um, Greg White, who you will know Greg from his inc- not Greg. Yes, Greg from his incredible efforts with comic relief, sport relief. He uh, has trained up so. So many people to come Trained
2: up. You say trained up.
1: And and his own sporting expert. He's an ex-Olympian. Well, and he's In also... What? what sport? Modern pentathlon. Sport. And he's an unbelievable Crying ultra north. swimmer. Have you met Anton
3: before, Greg? <laughs> I certainly won't be speaking to him later, let me tell you that.
1: <laughs> when, when the BBC ring you and say, we'd like you to train Anton for an ultra marathon, you'll yeah, say sorry, this, this, this answer phone box is full. Bye-bye. He was, um,
3: he was on the top of my list. Now he's slid down to the very bottom uh, there's no surprise there.
1: um, I think listening to Anton there you don't need to give him any advice about movement I think Anton Anton is clearly um, nailing it when it comes to midlife you're a album. very
2: beautiful yeah. woman can I tell you that can I say that
1: to you am not allowed to say that anymore would you another another clip for the advert um, <laughs> would Would you give us though because um, a lot of people listening won't have the time to move every day in the way that Anton can and you know they don't, haven't factored it into their life as much that's and, the thing if you haven't factored it into your life you know through your life that's when it's quite hard I think I've always trained therefore I always will train but if you're somebody who's coming at this from like well I've managed one zumba class a week or I've managed one run a week how do you you know what is the bare minimum that you would say people should be doing so that they can get their heads around it
3: well I think and what was lovely listening to you is actually talking about the children as well And I think what's really important here is actually about the the relationship with physical activity as a child
0: Mm. is
3: really, really important in terms of physical activity as we grow older. What Mm. we know is that, that physically active children remain active throughout life. And sadly, those that are inactive as children tend to be inactive as adults. So actually, how we look after our kids really, really matters. Now, to put it into context, the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, Suggests that for adults, we need to be doing, on average, thirty minutes of activity every day of the week, most days of the week. Mm. Now, for now, for children, that is sixty minutes most days of the week. Um, now, that t- to some extent can feel insurmountable. So, if we again, if we sort of posit that with the with the statistics of activity in the UK, for example, uh, we've got somewhere in the region of twelve million adults who do less than thirty minutes in a week. Never mind a day in a week, mm. and interestingly, if we take a look at, at children, only in fact less than half of children are reaching the, those WHO guidelines for health. So this is not about them becoming an elite athlete or becoming a, a, a superhuman. No, uh, this is about physical activity for health. But
1: that activity, Greg, could be walking to school. We're not talking about Absolutely having to right. run across country or no. swim for an hour. This is yeah. this is just movement.
3: It's, it's movement and it generally tends to sit, we talk about this moderate intensity, which can be quite difficult to understand. But effectively, mm. it's any sort of activity that that puts you under stress, that, that, that puts you a little bit out of breath. Raises so, your
1: heart by, what, 10%, 20% at least?
3: (laughs) I mean, and again, it depends on on where you are on the scale. But but generally, it's it's that sort of intensity where where you are physically active, moving towards exercise. It's not necessarily exercise. It's just about activity. And I think actually, interesting enough for for adults, particularly for those at at the lower end of the activity spectrum, activities of daily living, so things like washing the car, gardening, walking to the shops, can be incredibly positive. Mm. So when you talk about the minimum required, actually for, for those who are less active, you only need really small increases in physical activity. So when we talk about time, I think what we've got to be careful of is this 30 minutes a day or 10,000 steps, actually any movement is positive but for a lot of people in really sedentary job and i'm not
1: talking about sitting as judge on strictly <laughs> <by the way. laughs> people in proper sedentary jobs that is tough isn't it walking to the ki- if they're working from home and they're sitting on zooms all day walking to the kitchen might be about all they are currently managing to get their lunch
3: yeah an interesting story was, i was giving a lecture and a, and a journalist asked me about these stats basically didn't believe the stats So I said to them, look, you know, what are you doing currently? They were writing a book. I said to them, just over the next week, measure how many steps you do a day. Uh, And they emailed me a week later. And on one of the days, they did a hundred steps, a hundred steps, because, and that was downstairs into their office at lunchtime, into their office, into the kitchen, back Mm. to their office. And so I think what's really interesting is that, that for many people, it is the default position is not to move it's very easy not to move we, we, we live a relatively comfortable existence now mm. gone are the days where we were hunter-gatherers where actually we couldn't eat unless oh, we moved
2: it's been a you while. Know, the, was, just, as an excuse that it's yeah. been, a while. <laughs> it has been uh, a while i think we should have found another way since the hunter-gatherer
1: days <laughs> to now <laughs>
2: i think it's very true
1: <laughs> and also, life expectancy, very low hunter-gatherer at times. Very low <laughs>
2: hunter-gatherer. If you couldn't run Indeed back in those was. days, you were... Was- <laughs> Gone definitely
3: gone <laughs> and actually you did not have to be the fastest runner you just had to be faster than your mate <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or find think, a good
1: cave to hide in yes
3: it. <laughs> so what's what's great about having Anton on though is is the fact that that I think often it's what people think physical activity is and I think that that's one of the big barriers for people is that mm. they assume that you know we've got the London Marathon coming up for example anybody who starts running Unless they're running the London Marathon, isn't actually running. You know, that's mm-hmm. sort of the, mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the socially acceptable distance that you've got to run, which is utterly ludicrous. Um, but I think equally, we should look at all movement as being positive whatever that movement is, it doesn't matter what that movement is. And in fact, some movements, so dance, for example, is absolutely fantastic because what dance gives us is a whole host of different factors. Number one, and really importantly, what physical activity is valuable for is social health. Mm. So psychosocial health and improving that social health by being with other people, by interacting, makes a massive difference. That also leads to improvements in emotional and mental health. Um, the interesting thing about dance is that by learning new techniques, we have this process in psychology called mastery, and, and that when you're mastering a new technique, and you'll know this, Gabby, from being on the show, is that as you get mastered better, anything, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, but as you get better, you know, but as you get better, <laughs> that, that becomes department. actually really motivating because it's like I'm actually going to get this. I'm, it's getting better. It's getting better and the great thing about dance is that actually if you do learn you know mm. a particular dance it's there are so many it, it's others it's giving you that learn mental
1: because well. one of the things i was going to talk to Anton yeah. about actually was how you keep you know your kind of mental dexterity um, in check and keep pushing yourself because that is so important in midlife and actually you're right dancing does do that because you know, most people who start off on a process like Strictly are not dancers. So even the idea of you know learning some steps, let alone what the you know what the movement is, is the challenge, isn't it? At the very beginning, you keep remembering. That's steps. the big Did thing. Did any of your yeah? No, they ladies. rarely remembered anything.
2: <laughs> I. Um,
1: it's that thing.
2: The big fear is I, The big fear was always going wrong. I'm gonna. Mm. I'm not gonna remember this. I'm not gonna remember this. And, you know, if you stay in it for a few weeks, what happens is the 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 process of learning and remembering the routine becomes quicker. And you see so, that with your partners. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, I mean, you all have experienced it. But mm. it, it, when you were on the show, at the, the beginning, it, it can take a bit of time for it to go in. And then by the, mm. you've gone a few weeks, you're sort of picking up the routine much more quickly. And that, all that, what you were talking about there, Greg, with it all sort of comes under the umbrella of fitness. Mm. And it, it always seems like such a, as soon as you say, oh, I've got to get into shape, or I've got to to get a bit fitter, it suddenly becomes this mountain because it feels like we've got to do it in one hit. So you have to have 30 minutes a day. Someone goes, well, I haven't got 30 minutes. We don't have to do it all in one go. Mm -hmm. You can do it in 10 minutes. You can walk to the shops and back and then do it a bit later and then Mm -hmm. a bit later, wash the car. So Mm -hmm. you can do it in bits, and it always seems like such a big deal. It's like, Mm -hmm. for example, we're going to go dancing. Oh, no, I can't dance. Well, yeah, You don't have to dance. You're going to learn to dance. So what happens is, is I'm going to teach you some stuff mm. and then you will be able to dance. And getting into shape feels like a very lonely thing to do. I have to do it on my own.
1: And also, you've talked a lot about things being exclusive and inclusive. Mm. And I think sometimes the, the fitness industry can look a little bit exclusive, yeah. can't it? Especially and intimidating. Social well. media and kind of, you know, the, the influencers yeah. actually. Yeah. I think it's that worry of when you
2: have to, when you go to the gym. At some stage, you have to take a photograph in a mirror of you in your pants.
0: <laughs> I think it's quite intimidating.
2: You definitely don't, I, is the answer I even I, I don't really fancy doing it, but it seems to be the thing. Everyone's got to stand there in a pair of trains and pants and take a picture. I I did well, it once. I had to delete it.
3: <laughs> it was that a focus? Thank goodness. But uh, I think what you say, though, Gabby is really important. And I think you know I, I work an awful lot within the fitness industry, and sadly we're in. Significant significant problem within uh, the health and fitness industry currently with closures of of facilities Mm. all over the country. And of course, what what that does is, as well as it being activity for all, which it is, irrespective of of race or gender, Mm. in fact, what you find for for women is that they use facilities an awful lot more than men do. Uh, And and we have a a gap which exists between gender is that, that generally men are more physically active than women. Um, And that gap is closing, but only closing very, very slowly. And when it comes to things like group sessions, what we know is around three quarters of of people who attend group sessions are women. Mm -hmm. And so it it tells you that women like to be part of a spinning class or part of a dance class or a a Zumba class, you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. And equally as well, actually, uh, there's certainly a greater number of women who swim. Uh, And obviously the closure of swimming pools now is a real... Yeah, And exactly that. It becomes a social event. And so I think I think what you should never do is discount the importance of that socialization of physical activity, mm. and, and I think that, that it, and it doesn't matter whether it's a, a walk as a new mother, for example, a walk with with your friends holding a cup of coffee, great activity, really positive you're, activity. You're still
1: putting one but, foot in front of the other
3: exactly right and also what you're getting is the social benefits and the psychological so mm. the, the mental health and, uh, and the caffeine, positive association of that movement yep. is really well, important caffeine exactly.
2: is good as well, like, What's the that? You, as you well. like the caffeine bit you like the caffeine bit sounds good I like that. <laughs> Greg <laughs> yeah. I, I always
1: love chatting to you and by the way I didn't introduce you with your proper title and it's well, Professor <laughs> Greg White no they've not got a done that OBE, OBE. one yeah. bad yeah. eye he's got a bad eye I had no idea <laughs> um, uh, please come on again will you be in the family of experts because you been on a few times now so can i, I say that you're to. in our family and that it's would be always great always a Thank pleasure you. An absolute have you got pleasure. any big challenges coming up
3: um we, i've just finished one so i just swam the thames so the 140 miles of the thames tell me it you was, it was wits tell me it was <laughs> the wits. Well, I, do you know what i wish i chosen the width because uh, congratulations a lot <laughs> i swam the thames i went from
2: <laughs> right across to the other side it was too don't swim there
3: whatever minutes. you do congratulations Greg that's amazing yeah, well done. it's a bit of fun yeah well, a, bit a bit of fun,
1: fun. <laughs> bit of fun went through a few swimming caps yeah well, my next fun.
3: challenge is I'm going to take Anton out and show him what modern pentathlon is yes oh I that's love it when you talk, gonna talk it. Dirty it used to be me. based
1: in Bath I think didn't it Greg so no, it still is Yeah. Nice what are the sports is, yeah.
2: for modern pentathlon is it one One of them horses they were talking about taking that out though a bit controversy wasn't there shooting
1: swimming Swimming, cross-country right. running. Yeah, you're on your own
2: naked. And fencing.
1: Well, fencing, fencing. Fencing, fencing yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, So yes. you're
2: yeah, shooting, yeah. sword fighting, riding a horse.
1: Baron yeah. de Coubertin, the founder Indeed. of the modern
3: Olympics, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. his thing.
1: That's why it's never yeah. been
3: dropped, really, yeah. isn't yeah, it? No, no. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's right. Script. It's been there since yeah. the first first Olympic Games. My yeah. wife
1: did that. Did she? Yeah, yeah, she did.
2: Did paper, she? Did she? Yeah, yeah. Modern people. I, I, I was jesting with you with all that. Body. I was very familiar. <laughs> he with knew the exactly practical. what was well, involved in I was, now. I was he's teasing you. Yeah. Yeah. My wife. My Just in now. case
1: Hannah listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> <she'll go. laughs> uh, Greg, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you so much for that. Great I, to catch you know, up. Great I think it's really important. Somebody of Greg's expertise and Greg's experience to be able to put into kind of context what really you need to be doing.
2: Well, it's interesting to, to get the sort of data on the, the, the whole thing about with the data W.H.O. and Mm. the 30 minutes a day and how many people actually do do it. Mm. And it's funny, interesting you said about the um, with groups, it's mostly women. And and, and it's a very it's funny. It was one of those things that you, you know, but sort of had forgotten about. I mean, it's a health club gym near us. It's closed Mm. down now, but they always had in the mornings, spin classes and fitness sessions of Mm. some description or something. Full women. of women, one fella at the back, mm. and, uh, and it, but then you go outside into the gym, out of the studio, full of men. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. And, and for and that, no reason yeah. as well, which I find interesting. Absolutely no reason.
3: And that, that's something I've been working on as well. Uh, last year, we, we launched this project uh, called Couch to Kilos, which was uh, to get women into the gym because I think, you know, to some extent, many of these spaces, it's either you feel it's socially unacceptable for you mm-hmm. to get for you to go in there. You know, much like you know, men coming into dancing is a, is a great mm-hmm. example of that. And I think there are areas of the gym which sort of traditionally are either In the male, male area. or, or mm. female. Um, and, and actually, what you need is access to all because strength training, which we haven't touched on, but strength training no, is absolutely fundamental. It's so important. It's the one thing that we don't do, mm. which we absolutely should do. do, do so any say, strength training? If, if you yeah, haven't got any time, of course, look at my I, machine. I would use it for strength.
2: Do you know, and that's another thing with fitness as well. The older you get, you have it changes. You it can't does. do the same. You <laughs> right. can't do the same. I don't do the same sort of routines and regimes I did when I was younger. You're not backflipping anymore, are you? Well, I
1: do, but only the one. And um, (laughs) it's because it's of no use
2: to you, the older you get. No. Which is really interesting.
1: Well, I, I I love weights anyway, but I know it's really important as a kind of menopausal, you know, fifty oh, fifty this year. No, at a million years. Um, it's really important strength training, and I love it. But I know I'm not going to become Britain's strongest woman. Um, that's, Again, that's off the agenda. But it is very very important to do that, and I I, I loved. I've been telling my mum this for a long time. She's seventy three this year, and she texts me the other day. She went, "So I've got to start strength training." I was like, oh, "I told you this." <laughs> 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 but at least you know, better, so late, you than never, better late than never. Better late than never. Yes, anyway, uh, Greg, will release you to go and dream up another amazing challenge and um, speak to you sometime soon. Great, okay. really great to catch nice. up. Take care. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so Bye. much.
3: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
1: So life is seems like it's really great at the moment. Add adding wow. to this mix your fifth novel? I, mean, it's I know you've done sixth, sixth novel coming yeah. out now. But it's a new strand. Okay, so we did the five was the first we did, at the
0: Buckingham we've Hotel. We've got the Buckingham
2: Hotel, which is a series that I'm gonna to continue to do. And right. that comes out in October. Right. Traditionally every year, October, November. And I'm I love doing that story, but I've continued the series and I uh, tell the story of the Buckingham Hotel and all the, the shen- shenanigans, shenanigans that go in and around it, and it's you know it's it's set during the Second World War. At the moment, the last one was called the Ballroom Blitz. See set during that? the Blitz, and I really love the stories and I love the characters, and it's wonderful to just to be able to. Cont- I hate the thought of having to not tell the story of these right, characters. You don't anymore. want them all to just be kind of no. I don't want to right end. Away. I wow. like I like this because I can see them growing in front of my eyes. So I've got a new strand coming out. In March, it will just have come out, actually. Uh, And it's called The Royal Show. Now, this is a new story based around the theatre and the variety companies. And this is uh, the Forsyth Varieties Company um, run by Ed Forsyth. Uh, An homage? Well, it is an homage, actually. And they're getting ready for a performance at the Royal Variety Performance at the Palladium in front of Her Majesty the Queen. Um, it's set in 1962 and it's a combination of my favorite things really variety performing and the raw variety show it has been a show that i've loved since i was a boy growing up um but it is it's tense behind mm, the scenes mm. again it's, it's glamorous but there's intrigue and there's one or two things that appear, I don't want to be any spoilers uh, out of the woodwork and then there's also a big American star that comes over to perform with the company. but fundamentally all is not well <gasps> mm. at the forsyth varieties
1: so this whole venture into mm. writing and into the world of publishing um again it's another another kind of midlife journey, isn't it that you've yeah undertaken? but uh, but it's
2: that lovely opportunity to be able to do wonderful things and things that I love to do. So once upon a time, you could never really do anything else. Mm. You know, you were sort of pigeonholed. Stay in your lane, mate. Yes, Stay in it lane. was all of that. But now, so long as you do it well and genuinely, and I, I love doing the books, I love doing the stories, I love telling the stories... They've been really well received. And I've got a brilliant publisher who allows me to do it in a certain way, in the way I want to do it. And it gives me an opportunity to do this Mm. as well. And it sort of feels the same to me as performing on, being on stage myself. But they are great stories. Even if I say so myself, I know it sounds... Terrible I would say that. But they are could, genuinely could you see them source. being
1: adapted? To the I think Hotel. they could.
2: Yes. I think both of them would work wonderfully. I think the Buckingham Hotel is
1: made for the screen. Made for TV. Made for the screen. Yeah, TV series, maybe a Netflix. Who knows? Come on, Amazon. I, I, Anton, I wouldn't put any of that past you. I mean, probably starring in it as well. I think there could be a cameo. <laughs> Bellboy. Here he is. Um, I read a lovely piece in The Times and oh. how you described Hannah was just, oh, it made m- me a little bit kind of not queasy because that makes me sound like I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, made, it made me feel like a all kind of like, lo- it was just so lovely. Oh. You, you basically said she was magnificent. And it came through as not just some kind of like, oh, my wife's magnificent. You really feel like you've hit the jackpot with your wife, I can tell.
2: Well, I, you know, there's that other expression of Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every possible way. And I think she is. I think she's just perfect. I think she's wonderful. She's, she's funny and clever and beautiful and generous and
1: kind. Was she ever worried about the strictly good? No. Which I don't by the way, I don't believe exists. I think if you go on strictly and you want romance, you might find some. If you go on strictly and you're in a good relationship and you don't want romance, you're not gonna get any. There's <laughs> you're no, not gonna get any. Just, no, there's, <laughs> there's no curse. There's just there's lots of fit curse. people yes. around the place. And if you happen to be single just and fancy, you know, being with a fit person, there'll be somebody there yeah, for you. Quite
2: probably. <laughs> um no, not really. She was never worried. I don't know. I mean Did she love
1: you know, watching you and she loves it and, and you know, she the didn't great mind thing is I was
2: you... already doing it, of course. It's not something I suddenly ventured into after no. we had been together for five years or something like that. I was yeah. already doing it. So. Because
1: it is weird. I mean, my first day on the job on Strictly, never met this guy before, walks in, here's your partner. Five minutes later. You know, you're kind of groin to groin as yeah. he's trying to show you a hold. Yeah. Right? I'd been married at this point for um about five years and had two children and I, I hadn't been that close to another male since probably For four years. Oh um, <laughs> but it is it is a strange kind of you know when you're not yeah, used it is, to that word. but it you, takes, guys, you guys for you guys yeah normal. but it takes a minute you
2: i always felt like you had to get you had to meet your partner you'd have a rub and you'd get close and you'd get, get right okay now this is just gonna be yeah, like, this is exactly. like yeah. and you go okay fine and then you move on yeah and then you crack on with it he say, right now let, now let me introduce you to your right foot so and then you're on and all that stuff sort of fades immediately yeah. away after you've got do they give really you the guidelines? No. No, they don't say. Well, I don't know anymore. I, they didn't yeah. when I was. I, they I didn't, didn't
1: say, look, this is appropriate, this isn't appropriate. don't No, do this. Don't we,
2: do this. we're professional dancers. We know exactly what's appropriate and okay. not appropriate. But what you soon do, you probably did this for James, you immediately go into a language that is unique to you two. So you go into what I call a personal language mm-hmm. because it's your unique relationship. Yeah. So if you got into a studio with me, we do it. Our way different to you and Anne Widdicombe. but only very slightly, and um, but it, it because it's it, every one of them is, is unique. So, you have to be a kind of psychologist mm, as well, a little bit, because you've got to understand, I've got to know, I've mm. got to know as much as I can about you the five minutes after I've met you. Because I, again, I've got to know you to get the best out of you.
1: So, going back to what you're saying about yourself, getting the best out of yourself, mm, it's exactly interesting. That. I am, um, believe it or not. Tried to do a little bit of research before today, even though I felt I knew loads about you. I, just to I re- wouldn't read all. That. I just wanted to remind Rubbish. myself of um of all your strictly women. Right? Oh, okay. And all amazing by the way. Well, exactly. I what, love them all. What struck me was you have danced with a lot of midlifers a lot of women, I would say, were either mer- menopausal or perimenopausal in that kind of, you know, we talk a lot about that on these podcasts. You probably know more than most men in the country oh, yeah. about that time of, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. life. And oh, you're probably I'm very, very armed with, with kind of yeah. knowledge and experience of, of women. And who Tea. <laughs> but also women who I feel like it's a common thing I hear on this podcast and women go, do you know what? I've got to the age where I don't really give a crap anymore. I, you know, I know who I am. Yeah. So you're with those women, yeah. which is
2: a great privilege. I have been. Uh, people have t- ask me questions about, you know, partners and partners and all that sort of stuff. And I, I said the same thing because it's true. I've loved every one of the women I've been with because sound <laughs> wrong. I've uh, answered because they've all been incredible women, mm. clever, funny. They've lived a bit of a life, mm. a bit of experience. You have a common language because mm. we'll be a similar age. So you can have a a laugh with, can I use that in inverted commas, you know, Anne Whittacombe, fascinating, interesting, kind, lovely, funny, Mm well-informed, bright, wonderful to spend time with. Has her views on stuff. You either agree with it, you don't agree with it. It don't matter. That's why they're her views. Yeah. You have your views. That's fine. So, but, wonderful. Jackie Smith, Jackie Smith, oh, you've got all the politicians, lovely, you? <laughs> gorgeous, fun, self-deprecating, funny, great well, fun. I suppose with politicians, there's nothing you can throw at them that's going no, to faze you. No, you can't say anything to them. She had a moment where one day we we're, we're in the studio and she's getting a bit frustrated and getting a bit teary. Because it wasn't going well and felt she looked crap and it didn't look any good. And blah, 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 blah. And, I, and I, I sort of... Now, again... Because you know them, you can do this to somebody, you can't do it to others. I sort of laughed at her a little bit. You can't, you don't laugh. Somebody's a bit upset, but she suddenly burst into laughter, and I had she had this sort of crying, laughing thing going on that she couldn't control, which was hilarious, and we laughed. And I told you about it.
1: Knew that that was going to be okay. Fine, I knew
2: it was fine. Another one. No, no. Leslie Joseph, what a woman! Hardest working woman in show business. Absolutely brilliant. Never met anyone like her in my life absolute turn her on like this, wind the key, and she's away. 16 hours she'd be going. She'd film the show that she did, uh, Birds, that of Birds of a Feather, and then come to
1: the studio. And stuff. Yeah. It's
2: amazing. It's amazing, amazing, yeah. 60-something, 70 years but old. But you wouldn't
1: have laughed at her. No,
2: but she had this thing with a jacket potato. She was so hungry. All I want is a jacket potato. And she burst into tears. She was so, <laughs> I mean, in there, jacket potato. So I went and got her a jacket potato. Happy as Wonderful L- Ruth Lansford. I knew with Ruthie, I'd say to her, okay, if you dance, it wasn't very good. Now, the, the steps are still not right, are they? We, we need to get those steps right because it's not working. And I could just see her starting to well up. And then I'd say to her, but the arms, wow, those arms have come on tremendously. I'm loving the arms. And then they subside. The now, if I go, the feet were no good, starting to well up, and I go, but the arms, shocking as well, I'd have full tears. Yeah. Right? Yeah let's go and get some tea so one one body part at a time i can give a one <laughs> i give it and i take it away or i take it away and then i give it back and it was so you know, yeah. you, do know you do you
1: miss brilliant. all i mean being I a do, judge miss, is amazing it
2: is and i miss all that i miss mm. the relationships i, I do miss what well, kj we laugh funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, funny i mean i mean the thing is i laugh with all we used the one thing that we humor. had was humor <laughs> you've no idea you've no idea about these people's backstories yeah. and i find and that's some of the stuff that in inspires the characters in my novels
1: going back is the
2: backstory yeah. the bit with the bit you don't see
1: yeah
2: Nancy DeLolio. yeah say what you like but fascinating woman not for all the reasons that people think by looking at her I because miss you, I miss it's that. a bit more
1: isolated being a judge yeah it?
2: and it is still wonderful because you're in it I mean I joke about you know at least I get to make the final but it is a thing I love being strictly the worst thing about Strictly Come dancing me is getting voted off I never mind who I dance with I love who I dance with I love the, the all of it the bit thing about strictly, a bit thing about judging on the show is that I'm in it for the entirety, which mm. is, I I love because I I love the show.
1: You don't have to go off,
2: but yeah, <laughs> but also I love being a part of everybody's th- thing. You know, nothing thrills me more than I go, okay, listen, you need to work on your left arm here because it didn't run, blah, blah. and by doing that, you'll actually help her get into a better position because mm. you're, blah, blah. and then when I see them come back next time with a better left arm, it makes me sort of happy. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know. I love all that. You said something else in this uh, article I read about Strictly that you said you think it changed the nation. I seriously do. I mean, if it wasn't for Strictly,
2: we wouldn't have a lot of what we have now on television as regards to dance. Dance was always the bottom of the artistic pecking order. Right. started with sort of opera singers and then it went into classical actors and then yeah, mainstream saying, yeah. singers and, and, then and then eventually the you get dance. Of... the hardest working lot with the dancers and they were down at the bottom. Because of Strictly club Dancing, it's changed the world of dance as we know it, but also from an audience perspective, because we started to share audiences, whereas before we never really did. Mm-hmm. You know, the ballet world was the ballet world, the theatre world mm-hmm. was that, and then the ballroom dancers were just competitive dancers, sort of a kindred spirit of the ice dancers, really. Mm-hmm. But they were in Olympics, so they got every four years, everyone started talking about ice dance again. Born dancing was a bit underground, really. No one ever talked about it. It's that weird thing you did on <laughs> your grandma did or something. Sequins on, you know. If you actually dipped into the world, you'd go,
1: "Wow, this is a thing," as we now know it to be. It's also cross-generational. It's just that got that yeah, beautiful kind of feel up to Christmas. And and long may that uh, remain. Because um, The other great thing about and Acummed, I know, I sense you want to end. No, it's just not I, that. I'm, I, I, I'm just I wondering whether we're going to have the first 90-minute episode. I we, I said you
2: feel like you've got something better something I think better you've, to you've to do. got
1: to go into a voiceover. <laughs> I've got
2: to do one. But from my book. Um, <laughs> you
1: can do it here if you like. i do it here. I did ask.
2: And they went, oh, no, we couldn't impose. <gasps> you could have done. I know. The fascinating thing about Strictly, as well with the audiences, is they like this thing called audience uh, percentage. Yes, or yeah. they call it percentage um, of people who are watching television at that moment in time. Yeah. So as opposed to the amount of people. So for example, oh, oh that figure, yes, yeah. yes, so, yes. So for example, if you know we want to get 10 million viewers watching Strictly, but only five million viewers are watching any television at, any, at that moment in time, you know that's all you can get. But it's percentage of the amount of people who are watching telly,
1: and Strictly Come Dancing's percentage is over 50 percent. So it's like 52-54% To to put that into context for people who aren't kind of familiar with viewing figures usually it's only things like World Cup finals yeah. or major major sporting events yeah. which are those kind of come One together cooler nice yeah yeah because you don't get you can't watch them on catch up and all those things but you can watch streaming catch up so that's yeah. what makes it even more incredible incredible and, and that's, that's why it's still a national staggering. conversation isn't it It's and, and so that is why Anton you are a national treasure because you're at the heart of that so Thank and you. long may that continue long and, may that continue I'm and, with you on that yeah it's it's been great to meander around different conversations None. I'm not, not
2: sure we did anything that your, your
1: show is famous for <laughs> (laughs) We stumbled upon midlife. Well, I think there might be an Anton Dubeck episode part two. Anton, thank you so, so much for your time and for being so generous and coming here and sitting in in the podcast room, having a cup of tea. I really enjoyed it.
2: I've loved it. You're amazing. For taking that out.
1: (laughs) Well, what can you say about Anton? That was so much fun. Chaotic, but fun. It was fascinating to hear him talk about how he's learned that the key to success above all else is knowing yourself and what works for you. Some people might overthink becoming a first time father at 50, but Anton was very clear fatherhood happened at exactly the right time for him and he's welcomed being a dad in midlife although it was clear that he's not about to welcome trainers or any kind of casual wear into his midlife, which is as I suspected. Huge thanks to Professor Greg White, OBE, world-renowned sports scientist and physical activity expert, for sharing his thoughts on how we can incorporate more movement into our everyday lives. Do join me again next Wednesday for more lively discussions on all things The Midpoint. I hate the thought of someone looking at me 10 years from now and asking if I have children and the answer's no and them thinking either oh poor you, that's half a life or well you gave it all up for your career and neither of those is true but I just need to practice what I preach and understand that that's not only their projection but my projection of what they might be thinking and that actually I need to let that go because all you can do is live your own life and be grounded in your own experience of it Let me know if you're enjoying this new series and if there's anything you'd really like to discuss on the show, you can join our Facebook group, The Midpointers, or message me directly on Instagram at Gabby Logan. If you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to us, then you won't miss any of the great stuff we've got coming your way. Thank you to Spiritland Productions for bringing The Midpoint to life and thank you for listening as well, because without you, there'd be no podcast. I'll catch you next time.